Hi, everyone. It is season two of the Let It Be podcast. I'm your host, Becky Sigenfus. Join my friends and me as we share conversations about little things, big things, all the things. This is your time. So whatever you have to do, let it go, let it wait, let it be. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Let It Be podcast. This is going to be a little bit of a different episode this week as it is Holy Week. And I thought no better time for us to sit together, to reflect, to celebrate, to remember, and even for some of us to learn what this week is all about. Holy Week is the week that includes all the events that took Jesus to the cross and ends with his defeat of death on Easter Sunday. In this week of reflection and celebration, I didn't think it was appropriate to host an interview with a guest, but rather share my heart around what this week truly means. As most of you know, I grew up in the church and I remember learning so much about Good Friday, about Palm Sunday, and then of course Easter Sunday, but never really understood all that took place the rest of those days of Holy Week. A few years ago, I learned something about myself that still rises to the surface if I'm not careful. It's the struggle between balance and surrender. And for the last few weeks, as I've desired to be more postured toward the message of Easter, this battle of balance has been robbing me of the joy of surrender. Isn't that the way of the enemy? To overcrowd our schedules, our minds, our hearts. As we enter Holy Week, it begins with Palm Sunday, when Jesus triumphantly rides into Jerusalem. Just prior to this, Jesus has raised Lazarus from the dead. And if you know the story, it was a miracle because the people believed that he was truly dead. And when Jesus came and resurrected him, people in the streets and in the cities recognized Jesus as Messiah. And this was probably one of the marked events that upset the Roman government so much that they began to make a plan to arrest and remove Jesus from the earth. In addition, Jesus had also just met with Martha and Mary. And if you know these two sisters in scripture, Martha is usually the one who's busying herself cleaning and preparing and serving. In other words, trying to balance everything, while Mary was usually the one at the feet of Jesus, listening and learning. There was one time recorded when Martha even said, Jesus, would you please rebuke my sister Mary for not helping me around the house? And Jesus instead rebuked Martha and said, no, what you are doing is just activity. But what your sister Mary is doing is being still, learning, receiving from me, the Messiah. And so here, just nights before one of the final days of Jesus's life on this earth, we see Martha and Mary again. And as usual, Martha was busy preparing a meal. And Mary had brought her rare and extremely expensive perfume to pour over the feet of Jesus so she could wash them with her hair. 
the utmost act of surrender. So Palm Sunday, Jesus enters on a donkey and the people in the streets wave palm leaves at him and cry, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. His disciples, who have surrendered their lives to following him, don't fully understand what is happening until Jesus tells them in John 12, 23 through 28, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. Day two begins with Jesus cursing a fig tree because it didn't bear fruit. Now, this could have just been symbolic of the current day religious leaders who led by rules and behavior rather than heart transformation. Or it could represent that genuine faith is more than outward appearance. In order to bear spiritual fruit, one has to have ultimate surrender. If you remember, this is also the same day that Jesus enters the temple and sees all of these businessmen conducting sales and transactions. And so he overturns the tables in his righteous anger. He overturns the tables of the money changers who were doing business in his father's house. And again, I see the tension between balance and surrender. Day three, likely a day of betrayal. Jesus again passes by the withered fig tree and teaches his disciples about the importance of faith. And later that afternoon, Jesus and the disciples go to the Mount of Olives, where Jesus gives a detailed prophecy of what will come. In Matthew 24, Jesus tells the disciples that there will be wars and nations rising against each other and famines and earthquakes. Christians will be hated because of the name of Jesus. False prophets will rise and lawlessness will grow. And then Jesus tells them that when they don't expect it, he will return and take up those who have, and here's the word again, surrendered their lives to him. This is likely the day that Judas met with the Sanhedrin or the government to plan his betrayal of Jesus. On day four, Wednesday, scripture is silent. Many scholars believe that Jesus and his disciples spent this day preparing for the Passover feast. And I just wonder, he's now halfway through the week, knowing what is to come, because Jesus knew why he was sent to this earth. Halfway between being celebrated in the streets with palm leaves and shouts of adoration, to the end of the week, when he would be on a different tree, dying for the sins of the world. Day five is often referred to as Maundy Thursday 
the day that Jesus meets with his disciples in the upper room for the Last Supper. I remember my childhood best friend's house had this beautiful, very famous painting of Jesus with his disciples sitting at this long rectangular table having their last supper together. Jesus washes the feet of his disciples and demonstrates by example how we are to love each other with servant surrender. This is also the meal out of which communion was born. Luke 20, 19, 20 said, Luke 22, 19 through 20 says, And he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Jesus, in just a few days, would surrender his body to be broken and his blood to be shed in sacrifice to free all of humanity from sin and death. Knowing what he was about to do, Jesus went alone to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray to his Father. Father, if you are willing, if there's any other way, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Surrender. Day 6. Good Friday. I can't even imagine what this day would have been like. Jesus, betrayed by Judas, a trusted disciple, and denied three times by Peter, a brother of a friend. Then arrested, spit on, mocked, stripped, humiliated. We've all seen images in movies and art depicting what Jesus' crucifixion might have been like. I don't think we could even imagine how horrific it truly was. It's impossible to comprehend flesh being ripped off his back, exposing muscle and bone, a massive crown of thorns being embedded in his head, nails driven into his wrists and feet, and his body hoisted up on a splintered, rugged, painful cross that violently dropped into the hole dug for it. And in Jesus' final act of ultimate surrender, his very breathing life, he thinks of you and he thinks of me and utters his final words, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. And when the work was done, Jesus spoke his last breath. It is finished. What did Saturday look like? Were the streets empty? Were the markets silent? Could you hear cries of people in the streets? Was there fear in the air? A weight of hopelessness? Grief all around? Jesus' body lay in the tomb while the world wept and wondered. And then Sunday came and with no fanfare, No smoke, no bright lights. The stone was simply rolled away. And Jesus was alive. Scripture records at least five eyewitness accounts of Jesus appearing before his people. He had conquered death once and for all so that we, if we choose, could receive his gift of salvation. The greatest surrenderer in history is our Savior forever. 
and I'm reminded of my own life. So caught up in the daily obligations, the daily distractions, the daily commitments, the daily emotions, and I return to the struggle. Balance versus surrender. We aren't intended to balance this life. If we could, there would be no need for surrender. There would be no need for Jesus. We can't balance what we need to surrender, and so Jesus asks us just to surrender it all. Our will for his plan. Our worry for his peace. Our desires for his way. Our sin for his grace our shame for his forgiveness, our minds for his heart. So this Holy Week, what is it that you need to surrender? What is it that I need to surrender? My prayer is that if you don't know Jesus in a personal way, that today you would make a heart-changing, life-altering decision to follow him. Jesus prayed for us. Did you know that? And in his words, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through your message, that all of them may be one father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Yes and amen. Let it be. Happy Holy Week, friends. If you don't have a home church for this Easter weekend, Come with me to All Church. We have a Good Friday service, a Saturday Easter service, and two services on Sunday. Come to church. Come and see. He is risen.